Welcome to the Talking People and Technology podcast, coming at you live. And when we say live, we mean absolutely live. <laughs> live streaming through the ATC's Twitter account, Periscoping. Fantastic. Is that correct, Jared? We are. Yeah, well, now that Twitter owns Periscope, and that is the technology yeah. that is, uh, that's running okay. it, yeah. Unreal. You know, I'm not, I'm not a millennial. <laughs> I know Clearly. Right. My name's David Gazzarotto. And uh, I am pleased to have my co-conspirator, Jared Cameron, joining me here in the co-host. Welcome, Jared. Thank you, Dave. This is number two for me today. So, Raquel, I've actually just flown in from Melbourne this morning and uh, ah. literally got off a plane in a taxi, sat into the seat and did my first one. So, it's all been a bit rush, rush, rush. But yeah, good that's okay. You're looking surprisingly relaxed for I'm a rushed refreshed. man. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Excellent. So, Jared, we are privileged to join. And those of you on Twitter would have already known that we have a guest. But those on the podcast, I'm uh, pleased to... To have Raquel Lemon here from Vicinity Centres, and you are the talent acquisition or the head of talent acquisition for Vicinity Centres. Welcome to the podcast. I am. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. You're Pleasure. Most welcome. And how's the conference going for you? I was presenting earlier today, so the first half of the day was spent in a state of heightened anxiety. Yes. Um, but now that that's done, I'm in that state right now are because you? of the live thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think. Um, I definitely had a little bit of, of anxiety going into the mm. session, but it was actually great, and it was great to get it done because yep. um, it's been looming for the last Good few weeks. Good to be on weeks. early. Good conference. to be on early, get it done, get it out of the way, and um, yeah, really happy with how it went, and now right. can just kind of... Relax a little bit, which awesome. is good. Is this your first ATC that you've actually attended? or Yes, spoken? this is my yeah. debut. Yeah, cool. So, um, enjoying it so far. It's got a bit of a grassroots feel yeah, to it, it does, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. It's and earthy. It feels like there's a lot of goodwill here too, you know? Like, yeah. everyone's cheering each other on. Yeah, it's quite some, positive, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Some can be a little bit... Um, mm. I don't know. Adversarial is the wrong word. <laughs> but I'll tell you what's nice about it is that it's talent specific because yep. often you go to bigger conferences that are really sort of broadly HR focused mm. um, and talent acquisition tends to kind of be a sideshow. So it's nice mm. to be the main event. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, great to have you. Um, the, so in your presentation this mm. morning, what was sort of the key themes? I mean, the theme of the conference around automation and, and yes. technology. Mm. Um, how did you intersect with that? Yeah, so the vibe was um, leading talent transformation through influencing and storytelling. And it focused mainly on the last 18 months while I've been at vicinity mm. centres. Because I had come from a tech business, a pure tech business that um, had undergone a huge amount of transformation. I was there for four mm. and a half years. And so um, it kind of felt like a, a really big, meaty, hairy, audacious challenge to go and mm. join a company like Vicinity Centres. Um, and it was really around unlearning the lessons I'd learned about transformation oh, at MYOB mm. and learning new ones about how to sort of manage that piece mm. at vicinity centres because mm. the two businesses are so different. Yeah, polar opposites, right? Polar, polar yeah. opposites. So the attraction to join vicinity centres was, you know, the retail industry is being massively disrupted, mm. not just here in Australia but but globally. And vicinity are doing some really interesting things around sort of future-proofing the business and yep. giving customers what they want, which is a really integrated omni-channel experience. Mm. So that was the kind of attraction. It's like combining my love of shopping, mm. <laughs> which <laughs> I love, um, 
and technology and yep. talent. I was like, boom, boom, boom. Dream jobs. What could possibly Tick. go wrong? <laughs> Tick. Wonderful. S- now, yeah. for the listeners, um, and I guess you folk over there. And the viewers, yes. Um, vicinity Centres, mm. um, a name we may, it may not be a yes. common name off the top of the head, but certainly making the connection with uh, Chatty. Yes. So, our Melbourne um, listeners and viewers would probably be familiar with Chadston, which is one of about 80 assets that yep. we manage um, and own, at least partially. Mm. Um, mm. I say assets, but I really should be saying destinations. Right. Because that's what we try cool. and do, is create experiential yep. retail experiences mm-hmm. that an online um, retail experience doesn't deliver. So mm. we actually um, often own the assets and the land around yep. the mm. assets, as well as the operational management. And then there's the development so when yep. we have uh, centres that need to be redeveloped and added onto uh, or grown mm. or built from scratch, we, we do that part as mm. well. Um, so ASX 30 listed business, the result of a merger of two businesses, one um, called Federation Centres, which used to be Centro, mm. one called Novion. Um, and we have about 1,500 employees Australia-wide. Yeah, right. So Big employer. Yeah, actually quite a big employer. I'm mm. um, very mm. disparate because our centres are located in every state yep. uh, in Australia. So, And also, I, I presume once you add the employees of all of the um, the tenants that you have in, in the retailers, centres, yeah. yeah, so we you, don't... You influence a lot of we do. Pe- uh, the workforce, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, bricks and mortar retail, while whilst being hugely disrupted here... You know, we still have 500 million visits to our centres a year. Um, And online retail is probably only about 5% of retail, total retail activity. But we know that it's increasing at a Mm. rate of about 30% a year. So it is definitely Mm. a challenge. And people um, may have heard about the struggles of a lot of Australian retailers that have been Mm. trading for decades that are closing because Mm. it's tough. It's really tough. You have to meet the market and give the market what it wants. And our, um, Mm. our consumers are more... Um, aspirational and sophisticated and demanding than ever before mm. and the world's getting smaller so we can't get away because of our physical isolation we can't get away with not offering optimum product mm. optimum experience optimum prices um, anymore because people can't get it yep. in bricks and mortar they'll, they'll buy it online or they'll yeah. buy it on one of their overseas trips or whatever the case may be it's yeah. inter- interesting though because I think as a consumer we're starting to look for more of an integrated buying yes. experience right yes. we sometimes want a bit of research online yes. maybe we want to see a few things on Instagram mm-hmm. and then maybe you want to go in the store and have a bit more yeah. of a personal experience and, absolutely and how do you I guess brands they struggle with that right because they do you're in different buying modes at different times totally. how do you influence them and so creating a platform that allows for that complete omni experience mm. that's hard it's really mm. hard to do mm. um, those who do it well their bricks and mortar retailer are actually doing better than ever. Yeah. Um, and those that aren't, you know, there's yeah. sometimes cannibalization of, well, of, of store sales. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a bit of, I, I see a bit of a parallel with, say, the music industry too, where mm. huge disruption, mm. moving away from buying CDs in stores to... Remember now, those days? Oh, I used yeah. to love it. What, was it hey, was it that long ago, though? It, it's I, like, it wasn't. You know? But do you remember your towers? Yeah. Where you'd stack all <laughs> your... <laughs> you know, that so was in cool. In CD wallets? My, yeah. Kids, yeah. Yeah. my yes. kids opened a drawer the other day and went, what? What? What's that? Mm. There's always, you know... DVDs were the same as well, though. Do you remember Laserdisc? Yeah. Does anyone remember Laserdisc? Yes. That Didn't lasted all long, of two no. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Last as long as Betamax did. Yeah, yeah. Betamax. Anyway, we uh, nostalgia. Hey? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Anybody indeed. used to. Where I was headed was, I think what's disrupted the music industry, um, you know, uh, 
where album sales were everything. Mm. And so you get away with being a crap band because mm. um, the production would sort all that out and the um, marketing machine would do the rest. Uh, now, you you basically are giving your music away by and large, small royalties, and you're making everything out of the destination experience of coming to the big concert. So most mm. of the big acts now make a lot of money from the live stuff. The touring. So I, I, I get a sense that that's what retail's confronting now. They've kind of had this disruption. Online's challenging. If you can't reframe what you're doing, yes. and you use the word to describe um, vicinity before as uh, destination, mm. experience, and mm. I, I guess that's that's what's driving all of this. So I think, you know, if we think about the marketplace, it's existed since the beginning of time. Mm. Humans have come together mm-hmm. in the agora, or, yeah. you know, the marketplace, yeah. to trade and to yeah. interact and to connect. Mm. Since, you know, the beginning of, of time, mm. really, yep. the humans walked the earth. Probably not the dinosaurs so much, but, no, you know, post no. that. But the cavemen, definitely. The cavemen, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it might have been out of necessity then, but now mm. it can be for pure enjoyment. Mm. Um, and, you know, as a business, you've got to pivot and give the consumers what they want. So, you know, for us, that means extending out things like food and beverage experiences. Yeah. Um, Attractions like Legoland at Chadston. It's the first of its kind in, yeah. in Australia. Um, cinemas. Um, we compete with parks and, and yeah. other recreational it's activities. A dist- it's a destination in itself, Correct, right? yeah. yeah. And mm. we're, we're competing in that space for families to come and spend time there. So we have mm. to make them spaces mm. where you want to dwell. Yep. Um, and hopefully you make some great income from mm. that as mm. well. So that's that's the upside. Yeah. And when you have great destinations, the best retailers want to be in those destinations. Yeah, um, and the best retailers will give custom. They will meet the market to give the customers what they want, or what the customer doesn't even know they want yet. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's that's really that sort of secret sauce yep. stuff. You yeah. can't just keep doing what you've always mm. done yeah. in yeah. every case. Yep. So you've been dealing with multiple kind of transformations in this business you've been there 18 months and mm-hmm. obviously there's there's a, a product the product of, of acquisition mergers and yes. that, that in and of itself is is challenging mm. from a people's standpoint absolutely but if you if you amplify that with what's going on with the rapid changes in the industry itself it, mm. it must be um, a challenging time to be mm. you know dealing with with talent in mm. your organization yeah and i think these days as a talent professional you're kind of expected to have all the answers yeah you are um mm. And so the pressure to deliver can feel pretty high. Um, so the trick is, I think, you know, acknowledging that you don't have all the answers up front, but that you don't have to because there's so much information out there and so many other businesses are going through similar journeys mm. that there are people out there already doing this stuff and already solving these problems. Um and one of the things that I'm learning, as I said earlier, you know, the, biz- the world's getting smaller, is yeah. that you can actually leverage and partner with people who can help solve mm. these problems. Yep. You don't have to do it all on your own. Mm. Um, you know, for us, for example, delivering that experience and being able to give customers what they want, you know, we rolled out Wi-Fi to all of our centres mm-hmm. so that we could um, start collecting data on consumer behaviours and patterns and Mm. even the way they walk around a centre and how they shop. We found out some really fascinating information. Like, they might go to two of our centres in the one day. You know, they'll do their supermarket shop at Mm. Oakley and then they'll come to Chadston and do their kind of, you know, special shop or, you know, apparel shop or experiential. um, Maybe one of them's better for the sort of the food experience and the other one's maybe better for the retail sort of clothing experience. Yeah, that's right. And then we can sort of use that information to Mm. tailor offers and tailor Mm. experiences for them and then 
when the time came for us to think about, well, how do we go out and find people who can sort of start building this technology, building these systems and platforms, we realised it was already happening. So if you look at the way airlines and their frequent flyer programs Mm -hmm. collect customer data and Mm. then sell back to those customers Mm. all different kinds of offers and exclusives, that's already out there. It's already being done. It's just new to the retail environment. So. I guess leveraging that and, and accepting that you can't do it all on your own. Mm. You know, there is some really cool stuff going on um, with retailers, especially the ones that have to innovate and push themselves mm. to be special and to be different. Mm. Um, there's a fantastic retailer based out of the US called Rebecca Minkoff who partnered with eBay mm. to help create a, a kind of um, supply chain to deliver amazing technological experiences in store but then be able to deliver those products to, to yeah, customers. Like, there's right. really cool stuff, innovative stuff going on that yeah. you wouldn't expect out of bricks and mortar retail. Well, I find it interesting because we've for a long time been saying that actually the customer sector in some regards has been ahead of the employee or you know the sort of internal employer brand around mm. employee experience versus customer mm. experience. But actually there's a, there's a switching point here as well. You're actually saying that the online retail experience is quite tech savvy, it's mm. quite progressive, mm. it's you know they've thought a lot about it, but actually the bricks and mortar is still catching up. It's maybe mm. you know maybe catching up better with some organizations mm. than others. Mm. I mean, how how do you how do you go about finding the right people to help make that jump to catch up? Yeah, so like we would partner to deliver a platform or a solution, we mm. do the same for um, for finding people with those skills. So one of the things I talked about earlier today was as a recruiter, I kind of had to let go of doing everything myself mm-hmm. and realise that I was going to get there so much faster if I could find strategic recruitment partners who were already mm. doing this with other people mm-hmm. to help. So, you know, you go through that sort of the six Bs of, you know, buy, borrow, bind, boost, you know, all of that kind of stuff. We kind of had to buy a little bit up front. Mm. And um, once you've got sort of those key skills in place, um, and in this case they were sort of the heads of the teams or the squads as we call them that were going to be building Mm. the solutions to solve the problems we wanted to solve, we realised that, you know, getting a couple of really good key hires was the gateway to sort of Mm. the other people joining because Mm. they had Mm. their networks and they heard about good things happening and then you get this momentum. It's a critical mass, right? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, just like crowdsourcing works in so many other different scenarios, it kind of does with with people too. You start doing some cool stuff, people hear about it, they become more interested Mm. um, and you slowly start to build your brand. And I think probably for us that was the biggest challenge. Being a newly named merged business, we didn't have a lot of brand equity Mm. and to be fair, we still don't. That's actually an area that we yep. need to focus on more. And mm. we've acknowledged that at the most senior level within the business. Mm. Um, the brand, in t- you know, employment brand, corporate brand, everything, it really does need um, amplification. Yeah. So um, so where are you sort of at in the journey right now? Well, we had a new CEO start in January. So we've been through this really tumultuous time, which, you know, can breed some very cool stuff. Mm. Um, but the business was change fatigued you know it was probably at the point where you kind of go okay you know it'd be great to take a breath but Mm. we've had a leadership change Mm -hmm. um and the next step for us and this is market information so i'm not sharing anything that's kind of not out there is um (laughs) that we're going to be focusing on more of a mixed strategy yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're going to be focusing on more of a mixed use strategy Mm. so we um happen to own a lot of the land around our centers yeah um and our ceo grant kelly 
uh, lived in Asia for 20 years where he worked for property companies there. Mm. And if you've been to Singapore or Hong Kong or Kuala Lumpur, you'll know mm. that they're op- all the centres are open quite late. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. usually around... Yeah. Uh, commercial building or residential mm-hmm. building yep. and there are people where places where people congregate yeah. at all hours and by doing that here which is a really different way of thinking about retail in this country yep. we're future proofing our assets by Absolutely. creating a catchment area and creating demand mm. so that is definitely the focus uh, an example of that is the new hotel being built at Chadston for example yep. Chadston right. is a, a destination for many yeah. people and now they can stay and play so yeah. Yeah. Well, they it's will be as it? of next year <laughs> It's, I mean, it's a it's a it's a smart way of actually trying to create a bit more buzz around a location, yeah. you know, more reason for people to be there. Yes, and certainly. It, I mean, we've got to look to other markets, we've got to look to other worlds, don't you? Other parts of the world to see how they're doing it. Yeah, it makes sense. Definitely. And I look for us. I think you need to be realistic about mm. how much can you grow retail, and yeah. um, I think probably quite a lot is the answer, but. When you want to sort of maximise the potential of a site, mixed-use development for the yeah. right sites um, can really make sense. Mm. And I guess, the, look, the the, the um, urban planning for for Australia now, I mean, we, there's, a, there's a lot of resistance to it, but mm. the reality is we need to move to more medium and high-density Especially um, when, yeah, I mean, think about how much of this country is desert and uninhabitable. Yeah. So our cities are getting bigger and bigger, and yeah. it's inevitable that... Um, density will change. Mm. Um, so it won't be open spaces so much that will will be the norm. It'll be built environments, but if you can create better amenity around the built environment, which is which is kind of talking to what you're describing yeah. there. Yeah, and look, there is enormous pressure on sustainable development, mm. um, and I think vicinity is definitely seen as a leader in that space. But yep. if you can get the mix right where you're still creating beautiful green spaces for people to enjoy, mm. as well as places for people to congregate and mix, then, you know, you're doing something pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I guess just to sort of round things out, bringing back to the talent yes. space, um, with all that in mind, mm. what are kind of the highest priorities for you guys at the moment around um, talent? Is it is it the acquisition of talent? Is it um, max, more about retention and development? What, what sort of... Yeah, I think it's both. Um, So Mm. one of the things we're about to undergo is a bit of a talent audit. Mm. So to be able to deliver on our business priorities of things like the mixed use piece, we need to really understand what capability exists in-house and then identify the capability that we need. Yep. And then how we close that gap. Yeah. So I don't know the answer yet. Yep. But (laughs) But you're working on it. (laughs) I think we're probably going to see a lot more change coming in a really positive way and you'll see um, vicinity becoming further and further optimised. Great. Awesome. Well, that's pretty much all we've got time for, I'm afraid. But, um, yeah, Raquel, thank you so much for dropping by. Thank you. And sharing the story of vicinity. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure. And Jared, thanks thanks again. We'll um, say goodbye to our friends over there on Twitter. Brilliant. And we'll catch you again soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks.